Did you see? Uh, did you see the Brendan Fraser thing? Uh uh-uh. uh. So that new Darren Aronofsky movie, The Whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just I just saw a bunch of videos of it, but there was like a six minute standing ovation for like Brendan Fraser. And he was like Tight. he's like weeping. Tight. He's Hell uh, yeah. he's just he's such a wholesome dude. Yeah. And it's nice to see uh his comeback a little bit. Yeah. I'm curious to yeah, see the movie because I've seen the theatrical production. It was years ago. It was like a black box theater type thing at Western, like they did the, the whale. whale. Yeah. It's it's oh, a play. I didn't know it was a oh yeah. okay. But it was like kind of like one set, one setting. That's kind of how black box theaters mm-hmm. are. That's and, where it's yeah, it's like really minimal yeah. like setting or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like they might change a few things around, but for the most part it's the same kind of it's almost like stage. It's almost like a little kid version. Like they'll kind of put up like different things to like kind of give you the idea of like a different location, but it's essentially the same, like I like, think it's like um how they would do old like back in Shakespeare's time mm-hmm. when they would do his plays. I like what they would do is basically like to set the scene for it being outdoors, they would place like a potted tree yeah. in the middle of the stage. And then like if it's inside, they would like put a chair down or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, very very similar to that. <laughs> well shit. Yeah, I didn't even know it was it was based on a play or anything. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited for that one though. It seems more like from what I've heard, it seems like more my kind of Aronofsky movie. Yeah. And also Brendan Fraser. Right. Like, yeah. And uh, Sadie Sink is in it, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like her. Yeah. She's pretty good. It'll be nice to see. I- I'm curious to see, like, the Stranger Things kids in stuff that outside of that, Stranger yeah. Things. Because, yeah. like, I feel like they're all pretty solid actors, and I I, mm-hmm. I think it would suck to see them, like, get stuck in playing, like, the, ch- the child actor trap, where, like, mm-hmm. they just become adults and fade into obscurity. Yeah, because I think the only other things that I've seen the, those actors in is Finn Wolfhard and It, where yeah. it's the 80s. Yeah. Um, and then Sadie Sink in Fear Street, which is, like, the 70s, 80s. Yeah. <laughs> So. Wasn't wasn't one of them in that Ghostbusters movie? Finn Wolfhard was. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Finn. You got to get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Transitioning out of the cold open, I feel like, is the most awkward <laughs> part of the show <laughs> so far. Or is it just the fear of having to talk about the movie this week? <laughs> yeah. This this is not how I wanted to start my morning off. Was watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you you watched it this morning. Right? I yeah, sure yeah, you did. Said that. Nice. Is, when I blink my eyes, I still see it. <laughs> yeah, I have two notes for this. <laughs> for the whole movie? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I mean, I got, I got it all up here, but I have two notes. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh welcome back people. This is episode 65 of There Will Be Duds. I am your co-host, TJ, a.k.a. J-Spot Jack Cheese. And with me, as always... As always, I'm Nick, a.k.a. Dr. Funk on Twitch. And as always, we watched a movie this week. This movie uh, being our dud for the month of September. I thought this movie was, like, a few years earlier than it was, but this is movie. this movie is from 2005. 
It's called Alone in the Dark, directed by Uwe Boll. It is based on the uh, popular video game franchise, the same name. Um, a, a survival horror video game series. Uh, but I've never played it, so I don't know how... I'm, I'm assuming the main character is the same, uh, but other than that, I don't know how like similar the story is. Um, but it's it's about this dude who... He's like an archaeologist. Uh, um, I'm 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 purposely like <laughs> like um, <laughs> he uh and that's alone in the dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie fucking sucked shit. Uh, I I understand why. Like, there are a lot of directors who make bad movies who are known for it, like P.T. Anderson, right? Another yeah. uh, video game franchise adapter. But, like, I get why Uwe Boll is, like, so... He's, like, so hated. Because yeah. this movie fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> this is awful. And I don't it even was... know where this stands in, like, his echelon of, like, is yeah. this one of his better movies? Or is it, like, a mid? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only, 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 like, slightly positive thing I have to say is that, like, it seemed, if not incredibly boring and safe, competently shot in a few mm. parts. Like, the cinematography wasn't, yeah. like, aggressively bad, right? It yeah. seemed like someone who knows like the very very basics of cinematography which is a very low bar i would say like if yeah. if it's it's like the classic 30 rock the the programs were very nice you know yeah. like going yeah, to see the yeah. show that was except like, during the action scenes yeah i think that's it's one of those where like just doesn't know how to do an action scene for the life of it <laughs> yeah my first note was i thought this was supposed to be a haunted house movie and then my last oh. note, which is like the my last note was at at the very end of the movie, is just what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I did I did a little bit of digging because I was like, the first Alone in the Dark is like a haunted house movie, a game. It's like it is like iconic in the sense that it's like one of the very first like proto Resident Evil type games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'm on the Wikipedia page, and this is an adaptation of. Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare from 2001. Oh, the one that came right before. Okay. So it's it's a it's a sequel. I think it's non-canonical, but it's it's essentially the characters are the same. Like Edward Carnby, uh Aline is in it, and it, it, it I think it does have to do with the light and the darkness and the creatures and shit like that. Like mm-hmm. reptilian based life forms. So I guess knowing that it's like okay i understand but like if you're making alone in the dark like why not make it based on the first game in the series aka like the one that people know and is like the most popular why do some random ass spin-off as like you know the the first one like I mean, maybe in a series, if it would have been, you know, profitable, maybe they could have made more. They did make a sequel mm-hmm. with like none of the same actors. Yeah, yeah, I know. That they, did he direct? No, he's I think like, somebody he's else like, directed. He's it. like an executive producer or something producer. like that. Okay. okay. Although it does sound like this movie would have been 
more aligned with like the themes of the video games. Did you read the alternative script section on the Wikipedia article for this movie? Mm-mm. I meant to. I meant to like dive in after it's, just to mainly to read up about the video games, but I I just forgot to. I kind of want to play the video games. Like the OG ones are on Steam for like fifteen bucks. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the video games are pretty well. Like, I'm pretty sure it's like a pretty beloved franchise. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I, there might be some stinkers. I don't know. So uh, it says Blair Erickson came up with the first drafts of the script for Alone in the Dark. According to Erickson, Uwe Ball changed the script to be more action-packed than a thriller. <laughs> Erickson stated his disgust at the treatment and spoke negatively negatively of his working relationship with Ball on something awful. So hmm. one of the producers was on the something awful forums which is funny because low tax and uve ball very famously fought in the boxing ring and uve ball kicked his ass apparently mm-hmm. but uh he says the original script took the alone of the dark premise and depicted it as if it were actually based on a true story of a private investigator in the northeastern U.S. whose missing persons cases begin to uncover a disturbing paranormal secret. It was told through the eyes of a writer following Edward Carnby and his co-worker for a novel and depicted them as real-life blue-collar folks who never expected to find hideous beings waiting for them in the dark. We tried to stick close to the H.P. Lovecraft style and the low-tech nature of the original game, always keeping the horror in the shadows so you never saw what was coming for them. Next paragraph. Thankfully, Dr. Bull was able to hire his loyal team of hacks to crank out something much better than our crappy story and add in all (laughs) sorts of terrifying horror movie essentials like opening gateways to alternate dimensions, bimbo blonde archaeologists, sex scenes, mad scientists, slimy dog monsters, special army forces designed to battle slimy CG dog (laughs) monsters, terror read, matrix (laughs) slow motion gun battles, and car chases. Oh yeah, and a 10 minute opening backstory (laughs) scroll read aloud to the literate audience the only people able to (laughs) to successfully miss all the negative reviews i mean (laughs) hell bull knows that i mean hell bull knows that's where the real scares lie (laughs) so that's what the writer had to say about this movie (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah i was i was uh i think i knew i think i knew this beforehand and i just looked and it seems like the one that this is based on is a little bit more closer to this but the original game, maybe original few, I'm pretty sure it's like you don't, it's not like you don't have guns or shit. I'm pretty yeah. sure you just have like a flashlight and you're trying to get out more or less. Yeah, like yeah. You, you don't have any means of like fighting. And I was like thinking like, oh, if this was like more like a an action video game, this almost seems like a, a better kind of adaptation of that because of like the crazy like mm-hmm. stupid gunfights and stuff but considering that this game is like the the game the original game again is like def- definitively not that yeah it's exactly. like it's more insulting that they went over the top i wondered if uh and this is why i brought up mythic quest a couple episodes ago uh because there's an episode where it does like a it's like a totally separate thing from the rest of the show um, where it follows uh, the like rise and fall of a video game franchise called Dark Quiet Death. Um, so it follows the creators of that series. Okay. And they you don't ever see the video game, but it's like it 
it comes out in like nine. It's like the mid nineties is like when this episode takes place uh, of Mythic Quest, and it's just about these characters. It doesn't have anything to do with the regular cast. Um, and so the first game comes out sometime in the nineties, like Alone in the Dark. Um, it's like a huge success. It is, and they, they make it. You like it's again. You don't ever see the video game, but they you hear them talking about it, and they're like very. Uh, they like hit repeatedly that like there's no guns no like heavy action it's just like escaping and hiding and blah 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 yeah very much what like the original one in the dark is and it eventually they make like a couple sequels and then around the early 2000s uh (laughs) disney buys the rights to the video game to to, like the adaptation Uh and um they show clips like from that movie and I think it was like a little bit of this and a little bit of Resident Evil because it's like this like hot blonde chick who's like kind of like decked out like Mila Jovovich in Resident Evil but other than that like what you see of it and also like how the game is I, f- I kind of feel like it, that was supposed to be Alone in the Dark is like what they, yeah. what they were riffing on in, in the show um, I just thought it was funny that like I just happened to watch start yeah. watching that show and then that's uh, funny. It gets to it gets to this. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that's that is how people feel about like Resident Evil like five and six, and I guess a little bit of four, where like as soon as it jumps from like horror to action, it mm-hmm. y- you lose that charm of what made it what it is. And I think based on like what I've read about the actual games and reading that it's supposed to be more, yeah, like you're not you're not like a badass gunslinging dude you're a guy with like a flashlight way over your head and it's like Lovecraftian Mm. horror. Yeah. And it's just the fact that Uwe Ball saw that source material and said, no, I'm going to, it wasn't, it wasn't scary at all. Like there was no, no, it's not. Yeah. It's like no scares whatsoever. Ugh. Yeah. I, I do remember the, the like beginning, I think there's like an opening narration from Christian Slater. And then there's like that. It like, opens with like a like a chase scene uh-huh and i remember that being like okay this is this this could be like fun like that was like the mo i would say that's the most fun i had with the movie because he's being chased by like matrix steve austin and <laughs> yeah. i was like okay this this is this is wacky right this is this could be if it's yeah. if it continues this this could be fun there's like the part i know where like he hops a wall and he gets a little bit ahead of him and then the Matrix Steve Austin, like, he, it looks like he goes out of his way to, like, shove someone aside. Yeah, he like, does. Like, when I do that does. to the, I do that to, like, the wheelchair zombie in Ungrateful Dead yeah. or whatever. <laughs> or no, no, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Mitch at the beginning of Ungrateful Dead. We, uh, like, we're, we're running outside and I, like, take a moment to, like, push stop. him down into the chair. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. Uh, But, yeah, then after that that like like i just said like that was the most fun i had with the movie yeah the rest of it there's more like crazy action but it's just it's so nothing it's like it's like suicide squad 2016 kind of action where it's just guns going off monsters coming at you and you don't know what the fuck is going on we're gonna like introduce certain elements that are never going to be talked about or like paid off ever again because at least at the beginning yeah okay i'm i'm following so far he's got this artifact he's landing it's a highly coveted artifact from this uh this like extinct tribe of like indigenous people and naki or something 
the Abnaki, Anaki. Yeah. We didn't do um, a land acknowledgement before we started this podcast of the Ab- Abnaki people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are doing this podcast on uh, slimy dog indigenous <laughs> land. Uh, but, yeah. But it's like, okay, I'm, I'm following. This guy, he, and like even the, like he shoots him twice and like he doesn't even flinch. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder what's going on with this guy. Like he uh-huh. is he like superhuman, and then he eventually does kill him. And I was like, okay, there's like a little bit of mystery intrigue there. Why is this guy not dying? Are there more like him? You know, it's it's okay. It yeah, it sets that up, and then the rest of it is just it's boring. It's so boring. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> like the orphanage um, shit. They they kind of they kind yeah. of, but they don't really. And then it's like. All of the, all of the missing kids just like oh we're they're zombies yeah the it was like that's it that's that's all that's leading to and then they're like oh yeah you didn't though because of an electric it's like why make him an orphan then like there's no like <laughs> real tie right I did that have anything else to do with like him being in the orphanage did that have anything I think maybe it inspired his because he saw the monsters and maybe it inspired him to be a paranormal hunter as an adult maybe okay yeah (laughs) i feel like that could have happened like anyways there could have yeah (laughs) well that's the that is like the theme of this movie it's like that could have happened in a different way (laughs) to to the listeners we we're doing this back to back with duel and i and i the movie from a couple episodes ago and I watched these, like, not back-to-back, but, like, I think I watched, like, one one night and then the next, the one the other. And I was, like, going from, like, the nice, well-shot action in Duel to this is, like, <laughs> very jarring. Because, <laughs> like, like, this has way more of a budget than Duel, but... $20 million. $20 million. Damn. Yeah, like I said, Suicide Squad is, like, the closest thing I can think of because it's just, yeah, it's monsters pouring over shit. There's guns going off, but then, like, it happens, and you're like, I feel like I didn't see anything. Like... Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they they try to do something really cool with... So, there's the one part, because it's like, these monsters don't like... They they, they made it so convoluted. They're like, we found the certain frequency that the the monsters don't like of light. So, we've tuned your flashlights to this. But we've also got... Oh, yeah, that's right. We've got bullets that are that produce light i think is that what that was because then because it's like was that it i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah <he had laughs> like these bullets and they had like these little yellow tips or something like that and i think it was okay. supposed to be they're like extra bright i don't know and then christian slater was like i'm gonna need a lot of those like <laughs> like very like action movie tropey like kind of dialogue stuff like that mm-hmm. or like someone i think i was reading like a letterboxd review of this and someone said that they all like especially tara reed they all talk like npcs in video games which if it's based on a video game i guess that kind of makes sense although that is i don't a way to t- yeah i don't think uve ball was able to i don't think that idea like crossed I doubt his he mind fucking saw the video. I, I doubt he like even like, thought about it uh, that hard yeah or like <laughs> played the video games or like oh yeah you know (laughs) yeah but there was the scene where like they're in the darkness and like i think he was trying to be stylistic like you can see like the the bullets as they go out they're like 
they're almost like little laser beams because they're like these special hmm. light bullets. But then I think near the end, they were just shooting the monsters with regular bullets and they were dying like just the same. Like hmm. it, it falls under the weight of its own just like lack of logic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you you seem to grasp this movie a lot more than I did. <laughs> talking about special bullets and stuff. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, they all talk like NPCs, but I think uh, fucking Tara Reid especially was yeah. awful. <laughs> it was like, I almost, I felt like some of her line readings almost made me fucking gag. It was so <laughs> bad. Because they gave her all these, um, and I feel like I, 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 uh, They've heard this like reference, you know, on like maybe like a scary movie or or just talked about like interviews of like you know you get the the hot blonde chick to say all, like cast as a doctor to say all these like scientific terms and it yeah. just sounds so flat and like oh yeah that's that's this that they were talking about this movie <laughs> and and this performance because holy shit it was yeah it was rough. Um, yeah, she's not believable as an archaeologist and museum curator, like whatsoever. No. And then, oh yeah, and then there's that uh, that security guard, who's like the most like blatant, just like oh, exposition yeah. dump ever. Oh, like he's talking yeah. to the. There's the guy like delivering something to the to the museum, and he's like, he's like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Doctor Alien. Blah 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 blah. She's doing this da, da, da. oh she's she's been working here this long and, da, da, da. Yeah. and like and then like somebody else comes by or so and like it's just so like everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is exposition and then once they've gotten that all out he gets his head chomped so <laughs> <laughs> he served his purpose yeah they get they get rid of characters that i kind of did not think that they were going to get rid of like very uh unceremoniously like, I thought they were going to do more when, like, all of the orphans get activated and they all just, like, leave their houses at the beginning. And then oh, it's just yeah. like, oh, nope, they're they're just mindless zombies for some reason. Yeah. And then, like, his buddy at the, at the, uh, the bureau, the one that kind of helps him, like, kind of, he's like, I'm not supposed to be helping you, but... Is that the one who's, like, kind of antagonistic... But then, like, he helps them out at the end. Burke? Yeah, I think so. No, uh, Agent guy? Fisher. He's kind of like an older guy, played by Frank C. Turner, which his most recent credit as is Sonic the Hedgehog as Carl, Crazy Carl. And he's in the <laughs> Warcraft movie. Interesting. I don't know. He's, he seemed like one of those, like, actors from that time period that I was like, I've seen you in something. But no, he's more like the oh, lab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the lab. lab. Yep. Yeah. Because, like, yep. he, I think when uh, Christian Slater, like, kind of steals Burke's, um, like, card to get back into, mm -hmm. like, the Bureau, he's, like, performing the autopsy on the sunglasses uh, Matrix. What did you call him? Matrix Steve Austin. Matrix <laughs> Steve Austin. And he's, like, oh, yeah, he had this, like, thing in his, like, spinal column that, it, like, attached yeah. itself to it. And then he's, like, oh, you have one, too. Which that's also like hand waved away, not addressed again. He's like, yeah. Oh, well, you know, mine must be inactive. He's like, Yo, oh, okay. And like, that's it. Yeah. And then 
yeah, once all of his shit's done, he gets, uh, I think he gets got by one of the aliens or something, and then yeah, he, is it the is it the evil doctor kills him? Maybe, maybe. Or well, no, he ends up he kind of kills himself because he gets zombified and he runs and he attacks like the guy that's uh, taking care of like the generator at the end battle scene. He like blows himself up by the generator so the lights go out when they're trying to fight all of the monsters at the end. That's right. Yeah, okay. you see, you you blink and you miss it. You almost don't even realize that it's like Fisher that does it. Yeah, it's just yeah. I don't know, unceremonious for like a character that you know wasn't terrible, seemed like a main character, and then it just yeah, he just gets killed really quickly, and that's it. Doesn't uh, doesn't Fisher's the Fisher's the evil doctor guy, right? Or like the bad. No. The main bad guy or like what is no hudgens is the the guy that's on the boat oh no fi- okay shit okay yeah fisher's the doctor hudgens yes yeah okay. fisher's wife gets killed like he's like reading a book and like the door knocks and she goes to get it and then that she right. dies and then i think that's when he gets got to and that might yeah. be uh hudgens the other like museum guy that's okay yeah that's what i was trying to say i thought yeah, like yeah, he yeah did something yeah i yeah. think he's involved with that that guy okay yeah yeah he's like because he's like the he's yeah he's not a doctor the hudgens guy he's like the head archaeologist or yeah. some shit like he's that. the one that's yeah. on the boat when they unearth or like they open the tomb and yeah. the monster goes out and like kills everybody yeah how does how does he die because he's like oh shit he's like the main villain and no, Burke like hooks a knife at him. That's right. Cause he yeah. like right as they find like the door to the other dimension, uh, he shows up, brains one of their guys, like and then it's just like you wouldn't have even been able to get in there without my part of the key. And then like yeah. as he puts the key in the door, Burke like I feel like it's like very like Krauser from Resident Evil, like <laughs> throws the knife and it sticks him right in the chest. Yeah. Yeah, Burke is definitely the Krauser. Of the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because, well, yeah, because I think I remember that also being, like, unceremonious. But he's, yeah. like, the, he's more or less, like, he's the main villain. And it's just, like, boop, and he's down. There's, like, <laughs> it's so, like, quick and just fucking nothing. Um, Where even, where was, because I remember, this is one of the things I rewound, like, goddamn, like, which is so rough because I feel like it was one of those things where like, do you ever um, you're like reading a, a book and you'll like read a page and then you'll be like, what? Like you realize like I didn't even like read that. Like you're only half paying attention. Yeah. And you realize and you like basically reread the page because you're like, okay, I was not paying attention. <laughs> you were like going over the words, but you didn't like. Yeah, did, you didn't process it, like, went into your head. anything. Yeah. That was like this whole movie to me. And there was there was parts where I was like, okay, I gotta put myself through that again, and like would rewind like five minutes, and it would just happen again, and, you're and like, I oh. still wouldn't. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna do that again. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it a third time. It's so like, like no. where where were they in the like where was the final thing? What what building were they in? Uh, I like think it was the, like it was underground or push. something. Yeah, but where? Like, what build? What was it? <laughs> I don't know. 
this is like Like, uh, i was trying to figure out where the fuck they were even going this is like billions of years of evolution (laughs) our brains are like trying this is like a, a something instinctive we've learned that our brains are like are not allowing us to process this information <laughs> yeah. as a survival instinct. Yeah. Uh it's it looks like it's some warehouse or something. Yeah. Or I, I think I think that uh, the what's her face? They're they're like paranormal dispatch. She's like, "Oh, there's a high concentration of the Xenos here." So then they all just like kind of go Xenos. No. Or is it cuz like Christian Slater's character like he lives in a warehouse. He just has like a huge, like four post <laughs> yeah, bed kind of. in the middle of a warehouse. And like, that's where he sleeps. I was like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, much. this dude's mysterious and cool. He lives in a warehouse full of shit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, there's like, there's like some warehouse and then they go into it. And then he's like, Oh, I think we need to go this way. Like, I don't know if he just, he has some sort of instinctual thing. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's what it was. That might be why they established that he was in the orphanage and that he had the the thing. Ooh, recommended Alone in the Dark too. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe that's why they included that whole thing is to give him like that sixth sense with like, oh, I can tell where they are because I have one of them in me, kind of thing. Yeah. I can I can sense their presence. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Professor Hudgens puts one of those creatures into Fisher's mouth. So that's how he becomes oh. zombified, which I feel like was another like trying to be like the Matrix. Like when when Agent Smith puts oh, the yeah. little thing inside Neo's belly button, I feel like he's definitely yeah. aping a lot of that like Matrix aesthetics really wanting to be one of those. Did you uh did you watch this on Tubi? I sure did. Okay. I don't know if I just I missed it cuz I I this was something else I skipped back to check for or if this is a case of uh of censorship again, but there is a sex scene in this movie. I I saw it like in the cuz I was reading through the the Wikipedia to understand what the hell was going on like as I was watching it. And it was like, oh, uh, the you know, Christian Slater and Tara Reid have sex, and blah, I did like not in see between that. something. Yeah, I think uh, Tubi did not show booby in this situation. What? Well, okay, well that makes sense then, because in in that thing that I read earlier in the episode about like what the dude said on something awful, he said like Uval added sex scene. Yeah. yeah. What the yeah. hell? I watched this movie. And I didn't get to see Tara Reed's like 2005 boobies. <laughs> what the hell? I'm looking it up. Tara Reed's sex scene, Alone in the Dark. Dude based. Oh, shit. Okay, there it is. Oh, wait. Did you find it? Oh, the music. <laughs> Seven seconds away. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Did you find it? Yeah. Hold on. On Tubi? No, I'm pretty sure this is... I think this is, like, one of those, like, celebrity... Like, celebrity naked website things. Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I just sent it to you on Discord. Oh, like a a Mr. Skin type where it's like... (laughs) Is that... Oh. Yeah, okay. 
<laughs> cool. We're looking up. <laughs> we're on nudebase.com on our, <laughs> on our on our podcast now. Okay. It is very funny that during the sex scene, the song is called like seven seconds. Like, is that how long? He, <laughs> that's it. That's it. There's no there's no nudity in that whatsoever. What are they? Unless there's like yeah. an extended. Yeah, damn. That's really strange that they like. Why would they even cut that? Saying that it's like a pointless scene is pretty redundant for this movie. Like, you're really splitting I would, hairs. I would have remembered that. For, yeah, for real. Because <laughs> of that song. Because I know that song. It's, I it's I a, laughed out loud song. when like Sing the the me. metal song started playing when they were like shooting the monsters. Like, damn, that is the most like mid 2000s new metal, like edgy shit I could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when, very, we, like, when we watched doom. Deadfall, yeah. When, when we watched Deadfall, Connor was like, I feel like this movie's written by a middle schooler. I think this is very similar in that vein of like, this is, yeah, a little kid would probably think this was cool. Because it's just mindless Maybe. action. <laughs> Even then, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe, maybe some orphans would think that it's cool because, <laughs> yeah, they feel represented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spe- speaking of the the music, like I don't even know what I know that fucking song from, but I definitely recognize it. Seven seconds or whatever. <laughs> I remember I noted that like the. Uh, there's like the end scene where they they come out of the the basement or whatever the fuck, and then yeah. they're in the city, and I think he's narrating some shit about the apart. I don't know, maybe. And then uh, you hear, or there's like the music that's playing is very like, it's very like light and like I don't know. It felt so wrong for like an apocalypse scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was like the and only then, part of the uh, score that I kind of liked. But then the um, I I wrote I I had to I had to go back to it. I had to like revisit it to remember what I was talking about. Um, but I I put that the credit song hits like a motherfucker, <laughs> and if you go to it, it it kind of does. I still agree with that. It's like it goes from this really like soft like for the, I thought the it ending was like scene the with the apocalypse da, da, da. and then and then it goes to the credits and it's like an old like 80s like ballad like uh more like dragon force type shit or it's like da, 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 like a chorus of guys yeah. like singing very i don't know i don't know how to oh shit it, oh my god i just looked hit. it up and it's it's so loud <laughs> i wish i had an angel yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was like scorpions for a second. That's yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Which is I mean, if Uwe Ball's German, like it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching this final scene again. It's like the score is the score's decent. It's like I mean it's very Yeah, it's just it seems like not the right song to be playing there. Where it's like evacuate abandoned city, monsters are loose. And it's it, like, oh. yeah. Oh, it says West Hastings Road or West Hastings Street. Interesting. Huh. Well, yeah, eight forty-five. City evacuated. Well, then, which one is it? City evacuated, or everybody disappeared like the Abnaki people? Because that's what he says. 
Is that what he's? Oh, okay. yeah. He's like, and he's like, just as mysteriously as the Abnaki, everyone disappeared. What is that city evacuate? Is he just stupid? He's like, <laughs> he doesn't realize that everyone got evacuated. So he's like, he's like, I love that. He's like, oh shit, everybody disappeared, just like the Abnaki people. <laughs> <laughs> he's like fucking Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. He's like, I made everyone disappear. Yeah. And they're just like, no, we're just right over here. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it just it's yeah, it was a baffling and but then they did like the the oh. I feel like it's such a stereotypical ending when like it the zooms in on them and they turn and they're like, Oh Yeah. And I wish I had an angel. It was incredibly stereotypical. I forgot about this too. Yeah, they they leave. Now I'm just kind of like skipping around the ending, because <laughs> um, Burke like stays behind to sacrifice himself. Yeah, there's a, he sets off the bomb or whatever, and then it after there's the explosion, it goes back down and you see him like turn out. So like he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. He like rolls over, and then that's but, it. I I mean I guess you could say that. It just feels like they should. Maybe he could have. Sh- they could have shown it, him like climbing out after them. It felt something. like there. It felt like there should have been a resolution to that, and there was like something. this wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're gonna, and and was the implication was the city evacuated because? Why was the city evacuated? I guess. Well, I think because in this in the world of this movie, like, I guess paranormal shit is real enough to the point that there's like a federal agency and they're not even secretive about it. Like, you know, in mm-hmm. the X-Files, there's like the X-Files, but it's in the basement and no one really knows about it. And it's like yeah. very, very hush hush. But in this, they have like an entire headquarters. Like there's multiple people involved. It's just an established thing that like, there's like paranormal monsters and shit, alternate dimensions that just exist. And so I would imagine that, like, it was some sort of, like, order given by the government to evacuate people out of the city because, like, they were trying to keep this thing under wraps with the, like, more monsters got out. But also Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody in that department got shredded by the monsters. Like, who would still be around to, like, give that order? But then I I feel like it does show their office where, like, the one girl was giving, like, all the comms like the what's her face on the phone but like mm-hmm. they were all gone too so i think yeah. that i don't I, I think i think the movie just contradicts like contradicts itself at the end yeah i mean that's probably it says everyone what, got what evacuated but also everyone disappeared so i don't yeah. know <laughs> except except the lady that runs the orphanage who killed herself yeah so I get. I guess that was my thinking. Was just that like they, there was like, they heard that they were coming or whatever, so they evacuated. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> With the monster, and then and then they do the zoom thing at the end. So is that to imply that oh they did get out, or is that I think that's literally just to have like an end sort of jump they, scare type thing. But they also said that the monsters don't like daylight and they can't be out <laughs> in the day. So. <laughs> So, so who, what was it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was Burke and they were just going to, they were just surprised to see oh, that he, he was hu- so he alive. Oh, he hugged him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he ran up like. <laughs> uh. 
yeah but i was i guess i guess what i was gonna say was that like what they could have done with burke is show him rolling over and then like you see him get got you know yeah and it's like oh they're still out there and then that would like lead into the yeah you know if 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 the strip was if the script was consistent and competent you know maybe they would have done something (laughs) like that otherwise they just show him and i guess it's it's ambiguous yeah for for no reason for no reason because yeah i mean that like the whole idea of like his whole sacrificial thing is completely undercut by the fact that he survives and then they just like don't do anything with it yeah yeah exactly it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna sacrifice him like let him die yeah and if you're not if you're gonna have him be alive like do something with that (laughs) but yeah they take they they have like a couple options and they throw both of them away and they're like we're just gonna do like in between (laughs) yeah yeah they present uve ball with like two like directions that it could go and he just comes up with a third one on the spot and says let's do that one yeah yeah all right yeah it's like every time yeah that's you see like the the branching paths on like the you know the multiverse splits every time there's like a (laughs) yeah a choice to be made and he just invents another one in in between those two or something like that okay so i'm looking at uve ball's uh filmography Uh uh-huh and it looks like for the first i don't know decade or so all of his shit was german until 2000 he did sanctimony house of the oh okay so sanctimony is like his first i guess uh oh casper van dien yeah well what i'm trying to figure out here is like at what point like his movies stopped featuring um bigger named actors because i feel like You'd think after a while, the studios would catch on that oh, his movies are turds and they would not cast. But I'm looking at yeah. like Blood Rain and Michael Madsen is in it. And so is Billy Zane, Meatloaf, Michelle Rodriguez, Ben Kingsley. So wow. they that came out I, the same year as this one. Yeah. He's got a movie with Jason. So it's just. And Ron Perlman, Ray Liotta, I'm just it's 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 bizarre to me that he's been able to continue to make movies with like bigger name actors. Oh, Chris Coppola's in the Far Cry movie. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain is in the Far Cry movie. <laughs> what the hell? What the fuck? Oh, Damn. uh. Oh, he directed yeah, I, a movie called Auschwitz. Sweet. I see. There's also a, a movie he did because I'm looking at his pre, like House of the Dead ones, just to see if like did he like how did he get to America? You think that like he'd have to have some good ones under his belt to be able to be like, okay, now we're gonna yeah. have him do American movies, but like this one doesn't even have like it's literally just a plot synopsis. There's no like reviews or anything. I guess I could go on Letterbox, but. This one's about a uh, school shooting, so I'm sure that's handled with, you know, <laughs> handled with care or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. The, it, it, like, once you get to House of the Dead, it's like video game movie, 
Alone in the Dark video game movie, Blood Rain's video game movie, In the Name of the King is a video game movie, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Blood Rain 2. Postal is a video game. I feel... I, I almost wonder if, like, Postal would be, at the very least, more tolerable, because Postal, the video game, is already, like, nuts, and... Yeah. I wonder if that would, like, play into his his style more, a yeah. little bit more. Well, it has a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is <laughs> 8% more than Alone in the Dark. Postal Jeez. is nonetheless one of Uwe Ball's more successful films, for what it's worth. <laughs> Sheesh. But yeah, again, Chris Coppola, uh, J.K. Simmons is in that. Vern Troyer. Rest is in peace. Postal? Yeah. Oh. I'm going to see Far Cry because I feel like I actually, I don't know if I, I feel like I did at least watch some of Far Cry because I loved the OG Far Cry PC game. I haven't played any of the sequels, but I loved OG Far Cry. I think when I got my PS4, the person I bought it from, Far Cry 4 was included. Like they gave that to me. And it was kind of fun. They're so different than like from what I understand because they're all like open worldy type yeah uh so and the first one is like way more linear it's way more like half-life uh because it starts out pretty like normal action shooter where you're just fighting against other uh like dudes with guns but Mm -hmm. then like as the story progresses there's like monsters and like mutants and then you like have to fight them and stuff and yeah it it is a really like cool story and uh also just like a because they uh the physics engine which maybe that's why like those those games that they build those engines around are like the most fun to play like half-life has the source physics engine yeah half-life is so fun to like shoot stuff and you know mm-hmm. the ragdoll mechanics and far cry runs on the i think it's crytek physics engine okay and that's what they've made a bunch of games based because i think that's ubisoft so like yeah. ubisoft that's like their physics engine is like based on like that and far cry is like another really fun game to play you know yeah because i think in far cry 4 yeah there's a lot of like traversing mountainsides and climbing mechanics that feel very fluid but very like satisfying to land a jump or to land like a to like platform something sorry you said Mm. ubisoft and i thought ubi ball soft (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i did find one of uve ball's uh very few positively reviewed movies which is 2009's rampage rampage has brandon fletcher in it who i'm i'm seeing a lot of he was the cabbie in alone in the dark oh he's in freddy versus jason i think he was in uh one of the final destination movies i thought i saw i don't know hmm He's just he's just one of those guys. But yeah, apparently Rampage 2009 got pretty positive reviews. Hmm. I think someone said it was like a broken clock is right two times a day. <laughs> that was, yeah. But it has like two other sequels that I'm sure are just dog shit. Yeah, get worse and worse, yeah. I think some people like say that In the Name of the King is decent too, I think. Go to but the Blubberella page be... and look at the cast. Not really. Um, Blubberella, 2011. 
Lindsay Hollister. <laughs> Uwe, oh, sweet. Okay, that's sick. <laughs> that is Uwe Clint Ball Clint. as Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and Clint Howard as Wolfgang Mangla. Is that supposed to be like Mangala or whatever? E- Wolfgang Mangler? Yeah. I don't know. God damn it. Him as Adolf Hitler, then that makes me want to watch that movie now. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This dude, this dude has such an insane output. Yeah. There's some, like, movies, and this does include, some are just ones that he produced, but no way. Is that directing? Yeah, in 2011, he made four movies. (laughs) (laughs) Auschwitz, Blubberella, Blood Rain, The Third Reich, and In the Name of the King (laughs) 2. Oh, okay. Dolph Lundgren, Jason Statham. How is he still pulling, like, these actors for his shit? I don't understand it. That's, yeah, that's nuts. Maybe not now. Like, what's it? Okay. Okay, he has a movie coming out or just came out this year. It's German, though. So, yeah, maybe maybe his, he finally now is like, okay, I'm just going to go back to Germany. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, I read, yeah, Rampage President Down. It said this this is the last film he directed before his retirement in 2016. But then it said four years later, Bull announced a comeback via YouTube, a fourth Rampage film that was in development. So he said that he was, he's apparently retired in 2016 and then has made three movies since then. So, Hmm. Uh, I mean, he's not the only director to do that, though. A lot of. Yeah, directors will. He just he's, he's in it for the love of the game. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. we should put this one to bed. Yeah, I know. Like we haven't, we haven't talked about the movie for like ten minutes. I also just I I ran out of shit to say. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much done with it. There's fucking nothing to this. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rating. It's a it's a dud. It sucks. It's a it's a bad bad potato. It's a bad tater. It's a rancid potato you forgot was in the pantry for a couple months. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a spoiled potato put into like one of those potato guns and just shot at my nuts. It's just... <laughs> but I it's mean, so I soft guess... that it, it like explodes on impact <laughs> and it just gets all over your pants and <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess similarly to, to no, no, actually no, this because this isn't his first movie. I was gonna say, I haven't seen an Uwe Ball movie, which like, he's like a director that I've known for being bad and is like notorious for that. But I guess mm-hmm. now I can finally say that I've actually seen one of his pieces of shit. So, yeah, I can say it with more conviction now. I I'm really curious, and like with a director like this, I feel like it's. The answer is just that, like, they're all bad, you know? Yeah. And everybody has their own opinion. But I want to know if there is, like, a more or less consensus. Like you said, Rampage has, like, good reviews. Um, I want to know, like, what the consensus best Uwe Boll movie is and worst one is. And I want to watch both of those. And then, like, I'll be good. <laughs> I don't need to watch any of the other ones. <laughs> And I don't. I I'm worried that like his worst movie is gonna be something like Blubberella because it's like offensive because, you know, it's like she's fat and there's Nazis and I'm like that's not what I mean, 
Like, yeah. I'm talking about, I just want like the worst, like as far as like filmmaking and everything. And then see what, see what the best he can do is. Yeah. That's just, it's insane. That's just like, yeah. How can you just so consistently bad and just still get funding and get like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I wonder if it's like a situation like that dude. I think I've told you about him. He's like this Canadian dude named Frank D'Angelo that's just like independently wealthy. So mm-hmm. he like, he makes movies and because Oh yeah, we put one of his names in the, yeah, or one of his movies in. He was just like friends with James Caan and like James Caan was like in one of his movies. But <laughs> it was like one of those like red box movies where like you see him for 15 minutes and then he's not in the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. But it's like, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe Uwe Ball is just rich or I, I don't know. Maybe. With how like vitriolic he is, though, like That's in true. real life, I just I can't I I can't see him like getting in by being like friends or like buddy buddies with people. Yeah, that is um, true. He's a very antagonistic person, like offering to fight people that don't like his movies. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it, if again, I'm just if we're we're loosely loosely ranking them against the other duds, this would be very near the bottom. Yeah, I I don't know. It might be the lowest. I don't know. It's it's t- the those la those we have the bottom four or five so far. <laughs> I'm not looking at the list, but just from memory, are like. <laughs> all they're tough. just they're awful. tough <laughs> yeah and also justice league has a lot of pull because of its length too like it's it's like it's like these but like a little bit more well made i guess but it's so fucking long <laughs> like <laughs> it brings it right back down make it as missing as its own thing but yeah not not counting that this this or I still think I might give the edge to Justice League for being the lowest, but I don't know. It's somewhere down there. <laughs> I'd I'd like to see if if we ended up doing like more of his just like a pile up of Uwe Boll movies at the bottom <laughs> of the Dutch list. His entire filmography, like, is just in order at the bottom. I think it. I did. I there is one more of his movies in the cup. I also threw in a House of the Dead, which is like the yeah. only other one I really knew about i guess so we'll we'll dip our toes back in eventually (laughs) (laughs) speaking of uh piling up piece of shit here's an ad break i don't know (laughs) are we back yeah i'm thinking we're back cool because uh i saw watched uh spirited away again um me and kalia are we we did um kind of stop for a while but i'm hoping we'll we'll get back into it and finish it but we're um making our way through uh, like all the ghibli movies Mm -hmm. um because i think i'd seen uh every miyazaki movie but i'd only seen a couple other ghibli movies so most of those ones are new to me. Um, 
and actually I put like Princess Mononoke that we watched last year that was like next on our list so it kind of worked out then oh um, yeah and uh and then that was like we hadn't watched any of them since then so that's kind of what I mean we were like kind of on pause but anyways Spirited Away one of my favorite movies ever made and it's uh it'd been a long time since i'd seen this movie um a really long time i like seriously maybe like 10 years or like close to it i don't know it's been it's been a very long time i know that it was so nice to to like so i can for comparison like one of my other like favorite movies like these are like top three top five favorite movies Mm -hmm. for in both these cases is uh is zodiac but I feel like I, I, because that's also one of Kalia's favorite movies, uh, I feel like we watch Zodiac probably at least once a year, if not more. Right. That's one of those movies where we, like, talk about it and we're like, oh, fuck, I want to watch Zodiac again. Like, it's it's one of those that, like, mm-hmm. itches at you like that or whatever. So Zodiac, I watched it. I'm like, yeah, it's great. You know, it's it's always great. It's always good. But having one, like, I hadn't seen in so long and watching it again and just being able to reaffirm that, like, yeah, this is like one of the best movies ever made, and it just it that that feeling that you get of watching a movie that you really love like completely in that sense is it was just it's so nice. That movie's just it's absolutely perfect. It's it's so good. I and I don't care that like it's it's the it's the cliche ghibli or miyazaki pick i would say it's like yeah. either that or you know maybe is like the other or totoro yeah um but i feel like spirited away especially like that's the one that like normies will say is their favorite yeah. but i i can be like you know what? i've seen all of them i know <laughs> i know what i'm talking about it's the best it's my favorite i i don't care if it's the cliche pick it's it's cliche because it's true because it's the, it's the best so yeah um yeah, we had actually seen it not too long ago. Uh, I think they did a showing of it at Wealthy. And then, <clears throat> honestly, I think a couple of years ago, like before the pandemic started, uh, there were like a bunch of Fathom events in theaters. And I think we went to go see... I think Princess Mononoke was one of them. And I think Spirited Away was another one. So I've seen Princess Mononoke... or Sorry, Spirited Away like a couple times, I think, in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it it is it's gorgeous. It's funny, like, I and I don't think it's uh, particularly unique to this movie. I think it's just Ghibli movies in general. Mm-hmm. But the music in those movies puts a yeah. lump in my throat every single it time. Does. Like, yeah. no matter what, it's not. It doesn't even have to be like a particularly sad or melancholy scene. Mm-hmm. It's just something about the way that those movies are scored. Mm-hmm. That it's just like it, it it's it pulls at your heartstrings. I don't know why. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of um there's a YouTube channel of like these uh Japanese musicians. They do a lot of video game covers, like they'll do like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger. And it's very it's very like simplistic, but it's like really good. It's like two guitar players, an upright bass player, and like maybe a percussionist or something like that. And they do a ton of uh Studio Ghibli music. And they do one uh, for Kiki's Delivery Service. It's like the the main theme, like bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, and it's mm-hmm. it's like I watch it and I'm just like, it's so good. Yeah. I, don't, I think they do Spirited Away as well, but like, yeah. yeah, there's something about those movies. It's just like this nostalgia 
I don't know what I'm nostalgic for, but it just, it makes you feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's funny because like I don't get, the, you know, I don't know if I ever really felt this way about like Disney movies, like even when I was a kid, but it's like that like movie magic feeling or like that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a, it's just, yeah, like an inexplicable sort of like warmth that those, those movies give off and yeah the the music I, I would agree i think i i actually think um even though you know i think this is the superior movie i i do think mononoke has my favorite score of his movies but this one if so this one would be like right behind it because yeah when, every time i heard that the main theme in this uh but yeah like every every song is like so good everything fits so well yeah, the animation, like, everybody always talks about the food in these, and, like, yeah. yeah, the food is good, but something I noticed is, like, like it, it's, like, whether or not it's supposed to look, like, good, as in, like, look tasty or look, uh, I don't know, pretty or something, it's, like, it, they can't help but make everything just look good. Like, there's the part where um, what they think is a stink spirit, uh, which turns out to be a river dragon um like comes into the the bathhouse it's like the big glob of mud yeah and um like it looks nice like it's like obviously it's like it's not supposed to be something that like you want to be by but it like it just looks so appealing everything is so nice to look at it's it's really nuts and just yeah the the design of the bathhouse i remember watching this movie as a kid and just like not that like i wanted to be like I didn't want to be like a slave to the bathhouse, but it's just like you watch it and you're like, I want to fucking be there. It just yeah. looks so everything so lively and uh-huh. so uh, like detailed and full and like mm-hmm. the 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 world building is like uh, it's like I don't know like it's almost like second to none. Like how flawlessly it is just like you know uh, Haku. I, I okay. I, I don't want to go too far into it because I know this is in the cup, so we'll revisit yeah. some of this. But like, it, he's just like, okay, yeah, go talk to the boiler man, and he'll he'll give you a job. And then you go down there, and there's a guy down there with like four arms, and he's doing yeah. all this shit. And it's like, okay, that's a thing. And then he like stretches his arms out to like grab like herbs off the off the yeah. shelf. And then there's these little soot sprites carrying coals to feed the furnace. And you're like, okay, that's a thing. And and he's just like, oh yeah, they you know don't you know don't block their way if they stop working the spell wears off and they just turn into soot and you're like all right got it it's 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 i love like it's the opposite of alone in the dark type exposition (laughs) where it's like it just seamlessly works into the Mm -hmm. scenes and uh yeah it's like i said it's it's a it's a top five or top three movie for me it's it is flawless in my opinion um, yeah, I'm excited for it to get pulled because having an excuse to watch it again. Yeah, there, I, I, I got to watch the other ones too. Like, I don't think I've seen My Neighbor Totoro since uh, I think I saw it at like the Capital City Film Fest. It was like a yeah, screening yeah, we that they did it there. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember watching it. There. I've seen a decent amount of them. Like, I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. I've seen Kiki's. I guess I've seen like the more like mainline ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen like Ponyo. I haven't Ponyo's seen. Great yeah the older ones are like 
they're still like really cool watches. They're not as like strong, but like they're early ones, like Nausicaa, really cool, yeah. like sci-fi world and everything, which doesn't like hit as much for me. Um, yeah. But I think, I think they're Howl's pretty Moving much all Castle worth might... watch. Yeah. I think Howl's Moving Castle might have my favorite soundtrack. Yeah. The main theme. It's a very good theme. I can't think of it, but I know it's a good theme. Yeah. I can't think of it's... it right now, though. No, I got it. It just came to me. Mm-hmm. I I'm not doing it exactly, for something but... like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Something yep. like that. And I think they do they do multiple like kind of iterations of it as the movie goes on. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Also, I I love the scarecrow that bounces around and Turniped. Yeah. Yeah, there's just yeah, there's just so many good memorable characters in all of these movies. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's th- this is how you how you write a movie <laughs> Alone in the Dark is how you don't. So yeah, yeah. Use that as the baseline for everything. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, really brief. Uh, I went to go see one of my favorites. In I was gonna theater. say uh, speaking of flawless movies. Yeah, <laughs> Galaxy uh, Quest is pretty great. Galaxy Sorry. Quest. Goddamn, <laughs> it was so it was so much fun. Even though the theater going experience. I just I have to learn to not go see like cult classics in like a th- like a normal not not like a normal theater but like an a, like an indie theater mm. because there's going to be people in there that are quoting along with the movie and it's like okay I get it like we went to go see the Big Lebowski there and it was just like people shouting at the screen Galaxy yeah. Quest wasn't as bad but there was like every time he said never give up someone in the theater would shout never oh. surrender which is like all right oh. yeah but you even the movie <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah. but you know despite all of that it's it's such a fun movie yeah uh, it's a good theater going experience that's another one that i haven't seen in a long time and then as i was watching it i was like yeah this still holds up and i'm glad that it still does yeah uh, I do think, though, and I haven't looked into this, but I'm pretty sure that this movie was not meant to be like a... F- I think it was meant to be more of like a satire than like a family movie because there are a couple instances of like intentional censorship that I noticed. Like mm-hmm. there's a scene near... It's kind of near the end where a Justin Long's character is kind of like guiding them through the ship because uh-huh. he's like the super nerd. And there's a part where there's like it's it's kind of like a Resident Evil puzzle where there's like mechanisms that are crushing this way and crushing yeah. that way, and they kind of have to like jump, stop, jump, stop, jumps, and like try to two, solve it. Four, four, two, three. <laughs> two. The kid like reading off the yeah. pattern from the show, which I love. Is that like <laughs> like they the the uh what what's the aliens called the the good guys whatever but it's like that they even designed these things that don't do anything (laughs) but they designed them even to match to the beat of the show like the exact same tempo the historical documents yeah or historical records but there's a part when they get to that where sigourney weaver like tim allen's like okay we have to go through this the audio says Sigourney Weaver says, screw this. Oh. But it is clearly an overdub. And what she actually said was something much more different and would Uh, not be uh PG rated for that movie. So part of me wonders if like the original intent of that movie was 
to kind of be more of like a satirical look at like Star Trek and convention culture. And then they're like, yeah, but Tim Allen just did like Toy Story and a bunch of these other movies. Santa Claus and yeah. So kids are going to want to go see it. So I guess we might have to like sanitize it a little bit. Mm. Because like I think also like the whole joke of Sigourney Weaver's character is that she's like sex appeal. Mm -hmm. At the end of that movie, like her boobs are like out. Yeah, that's they like they end up like yeah. It's like playing into all of those things. This is pretty like raunchy for like a children's movie. Like uh, yeah, but uh, no, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I gotta get like a good quality Blu-ray of that. I don't own it. I think I have it on DVD, but I I should pick that one up. But yeah, Yeah. it's fun. That's another one. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've seen that. But I mean, I don't know if I'd put that as high as Spirited Away, but you know, it's <laughs> a, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's that movie's fucking awesome. I think there is a. I want to say it's when they're on that desert planet and they're getting the like replacement beryllium, beryllium sphere thing. Yeah. Um, it's like when they're waiting and they're seeing little aliens. I feel like that's another one where you can clearly see somebody like say the f word or, or something oh like yeah that, but they but they dub it over with something else i remember seeing uh it was kind of funny i think it was uh a behind the scenes special and it was it was kind of it was kind of clowning on tim allen it was like some of the producers and uh mm-hmm. I, apparently during one of the more dramatic scenes like tim allen was like struggling with like like his own emotions and how it made him feel about like the characters and like the situation. And he said that like, he needed to take a second to like go to his trailer and like, just kind of like decompress. Hmm. And apparently like Alan Rickman or one of the, one of the guys said like, Oh my God, I think Tim just experienced acting. (laughs) 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 Holy shit. Because <laughs> I mean, up until then, it's been like you know, kind of these family-friendly like Disney movies. Yeah, and it was it was really funny because like the guy who was saying it was like, I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't say this, and they're like, No, do it, and he's like, Yeah, like Tim finally experienced what acting <laughs> feels like. It's like, Oh man, <laughs> damn, yeah, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> This is actually the movie that I was originally going to do last year um, mm. until we did Dream Warriors. And then I was like, oh, there's a connection with The Blob, which was like also kind of on my short list. But so I ended up doing The Blob just for that. Here we go. I'll I'll handle the uh, the obscure ones, the not okay. mainstream ones <laughs> okay. um, uh, from 2009, directed by Park Chan-wook. Uh, I want to. I want us to watch Thirst. Okay. Uh, I've seen it once before. Um, I really want to watch it again. Um, it's got uh, Song Kang-oh from Memories of Murder and Parasite. A lot of Bong Joon-ho movies. Uh, and Park Chan-wook uh, is the director of one of my other favorite movies, uh, Old Boy. Um, so it's got a lot of... Uh-huh. A lot of a lot of good people on the on the crew at the very least um but yeah it's a it's a vampire movie it is kind of like sort of erotic thriller sort of thing but like not as like lame as that sounds in my opinion yeah <laughs> um but yeah so if if there wasn't that connection this would have been my pick for last year so i like i said i just figured i might, might as well nice might as well go that's for ex- it 
Oh, man. I'm reading the home media page on the Wikipedia. It says, the director's cut running 148 minutes has been so far released in Korea only on DVD and Blu-ray. Ah. You still... You, it isn't... A, you're going to see boobies, though, so, so we're good. Well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got to my main concern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Okay, uh, and this one is for rent on on all the all the big ones. I don't see it for for free. I think I think when I watched it, it was on Amazon, just streaming oh, regularly. Okay. But but now it's for rent on on all those. If you don't want to be spoiled for thirst, uh, make sure to watch it before next week's episode. These episodes come out uh, every Wednesday at seven p.m. EST on Twitch and YouTube in a, in video form, and then in audio podcast form uh they come out in apple podcast spotify and more and we also have socials on tiktok instagram facebook and twitter uh and that's that's about it uh with with all that uh god damn i don't want to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm gonna <laughs> i don't want to uh I am your uh, blonde bimbo archaeologist, and I probably know about as much about archaeology. I, I probably know more about archaeology than <laughs> Terry. Terry, than Terry does. <laughs> uh, TJ, a.k.a. Jace Podcheck. Jeez. With me as always. Uh, as always, I am the halo hanging from the corner of christian slater's four post bed in an, <laughs> in an abandoned warehouse uh nick aka dr funk on twitch okay we're sorry for for this one yeah uh, this one's on us <laughs> yeah <laughs> bye-bye